Welcome to the Barry Trammell Show. Kelvin Sampson was the OU basketball coach from 1994 to 2006 and was a runaway success. With 11 NCAA tournament trips in 12 years, three Sweet 16s, and the 2002 Final Four. He replaced Billy Tubbs in Norman and kept the excitement brewing at Lloyd Noble Center. Now Sampson is at the University of Houston, has the nation's number one ranked team, and plays the Sooners on Saturday, back at Lloyd Noble. Sampson joins us today on The Barry Trammell Show. But first, we want to say thanks to these sponsors for supporting the show. MidFirst Bank, Next Gen Roofing, Weedman Lawn Service, and Two Fellas Movers. I like to help people move, but I'm the oddball. Nobody wants to help you move, but we know two fellas that love moving. Two Fellas Moving Company offers free, no-strings quotes for your move. With more than 20 years' experience, they've pretty much moved it all, and their services don't end at moving. Need to do some remodeling or spring cleaning? They have you covered with dumpster rentals and junk haul services. Remember, quotes are free, and there are no strings attached. If you're moving in Oklahoma, make sure to call the fellas. Visit twofellas.com for your free quote today. And we welcome in Kelvin Sampson. His Houston Cougars are ranked number one. They're headed back to Norman on Saturday night. Lloyd Noble Center, welcome to the show, Kelvin. And tell us about your emotions as you come back to Lloyd Noble. You know, I haven't allowed myself to really think about it because of our schedule. Um, You know, this little gauntlet they call the Big 12 schedule is exactly that. We had Texas at home. Ever how many days, and then the following M- Big Monday, I think it was Big Monday or Tuesday, we had Iowa State at home. Then that Saturday, we go to Baylor, and then last night, we got Cincinnati at home. So, you know, you're just consumed with the moment. Uh, you know, coaches always talk about keeping their players in the moment. was equally important for the coach to stay in the moment, the coach and staffs to stay in the moment. But um, last night after the game, um, Hollis – brought it up first he said uh, he, he asked me coach do you remember um my last home game i said of course i do it was a difference of playing against syracuse and albany versus playing whoever and um i think it was dallas or san antonio had we won that game right. we were still a one seed but we we're got sent out east to play syracuse so, so I said, okay, yeah, I remember it. <laughs> Hollis, so Hollis was right on top of it. And then Kellen chimed in and um, Qantas chimed in. And so um, everybody has so many fond memories. Um, you know, it's just like everything in life, Barry. We choose to think or do what we want to do and things. Um, um, when you leave a place that meant so much to you and uh, you watch your children grow up, um, when we left Washington State in 1994, I think Kellen was in the fourth grade and Lauren was in the seventh grade. Um, so, you know, knowing that your, your family grew up in Norman, you know, I think um, if you ask Kellen where he's from, he wouldn't tell you Pullman or or wherever. He would say he's he's from Oklahoma. I think he's a proud Oklahoman. I think Lauren would say that. Uh, there's not a football Saturday when the Sooners are playing that uh, 
Keller's not sneaking peeks at the TV and keeping everybody on the staff informed on what the score is. So, um, you know, he, he was he was not sooner born, but he was sooner bred. And um, and when he dies, he'll be a sooner dead. That's for sure. And Lauren feels the same way. Well, it's been uh, Jack on throw up that picture for us, if you don't mind, if you can get that in there. 30 years ago in two months. Uh, the Oklahoma <laughs> snapped that picture. That's Kelvin Sampson and Kellen Sampson on the day Kelvin was announced as the OU basketball coach. When you see that picture, what kind of memories flood you? Um, it's kind of emotional uh, in a way, but um, um, Kellen was really, really close to my father. And, and I think that's what I um, think about when I see that picture is um, – uh, Kellen's me, and I'm um, my dad at one point. So um, he had no choice but going to the family business, just like I don't think I had a choice. My my favorite childhood memories was jumping in my father's old station wagon, um, 1957 Ford station wagon, by the way, and going to Magnolia High School around the mid-60s and um, – with him to practice on Saturday mornings. Couldn't go during the week because it was about 15 miles away. Um, and I had school. But every every um, great memory I have with my dad growing up revolved around the gym, basketball, him hitting me um, uh, ground balls when he'd get home from work or, or driving his old driver's ed car. He had about four jobs every summer. He'd teach driver's ed. Um, and Kellen grew up the same uh, way. Um, just, just so fortunate that I had a, a dad that was my uh, hero. And um, I don't know if Kellen would say that, but um, Kellen and my dad, in some ways, are uh, my hero too. Of course, you've you've referenced uh, not just Kellen today, but Hollis Price and Quanis White and those. Great guards you had in the early 2000s. Still part of your Houston staff. You've got them all together. The, ga the gang's back together. What When you guys got together and came to Houston almost 10 years ago, yeah. was, every coach has a plan. Every coach has, a, has yeah. an ideal, a vision for the program. Did you envision the rise of Houston basketball to this point? A Final Four, a uh, you know the number one ranking, a, uh, an a perennial national title contender. Was this was this what you had in mind? No, I don't know if I envisioned that. Um, I, I know I'm not good enough to, nor am I smart enough to figure something out that far in advance. But going back to, to Hollis and um, Kellen, uh, my, my first hire was Kellen. As a matter of fact, there was a nepotism law somewhere in the books and I told him if I couldn't hire Kellen, that it wasn't, it wasn't going to work. You know, he had just got fired at Appalachian State. Uh, I had been fired at uh, Indiana. Um, and I always felt like there was part of my career that I was missing. I didn't get to coach him his senior year. And that always, I think, um, subconsciously bothered me a little bit. And then when what happened at Indiana... I didn't get to coach with him long enough. That bothered me uh, a little bit. And then when he got fired at Appalachian State, um, you know, my agent at the time said, hey, here's, there's three or four calls 
It's three or four schools calling, just gauging your interest. You know, nobody was offering anything. They said, we'd like to talk to him if he's interested. And so he would ask, he would ask me about the schools. And um, I was in Houston with the Rockets. So the other ones didn't make any sense. I, I didn't want to go and, and uh, redo a program that was already built. You know, uh, that, that didn't do anything for me. Uh, and they were good schools, good programs. They were going to win no matter who they hired. They just had good programs. Uh, but they didn't need me. Um, but this one intrigued me because um, I, as long as they would let me hire Kellen, I would do it. And I, you know, um, my dad, um, the last conversation I had with him was 24 hours or so prior to him passing away. And I, it, he and I had talked about it. Um, you know, he was not a, you know, he's a, um, you know, he was one of those uh, old guys that was uh, raised during the depression that had a hard time, you know, um, showing his emotions, stuff like that. But we had a good talk. Um, and then I, you know, you know, in those things, you don't deal with the people, you deal with your agent. And I said, look, ask him this. And then, um, then Mac Rhodes, who was the AD at the time called me and, and, um, um, you know, at that point in time, I was in the position of power. I, I wasn't necessarily looking to come back to college because I was completely immersed in the NBA. Uh, and I, you know, whether it was, whether it's college better for me or the NBA is better for me, you know, everybody's going to have an opinion on it, but the only one that matters is mine, you know? And, and, um, and you said something really, really good while ago, Barry, you, you know, getting the game back together. That's really how I saw going back to college. I didn't see it as a potential, a team that could win a championship or be number one. Um, I, I had just taken a job. I think it, it was two days in and Hollis called me and his career was ending and he wanted to get into coaching. And um, he asked me, what should he do? And the next thing out of my mouth was come to Houston. <laughs> I said, um, I'm going to hire you, Hollis. And, um, and so I had Kellen and Hollis. Lauren couldn't come right away because she was in pharmaceutical sales, which she didn't like. She was making good money and all that stuff. It's parent that you feel good about that, but you want your children to be happy. So, um, um, so I had Kellen, who didn't have a job, got him on board. Uh, Hollis didn't have a job, got him on board. Got a commitment from Lauren, but hers was a year away. And then um, uh, couldn't get Qantas right away because Qantas was assistant coach at Tulane. But I got him two years later. And the reason I started hiring my guys, Barry, was uh, it was about that time when I took the Houston job. All the great former Houston high school players were finishing their pro careers. You know, they'd gone to Duke or North Carolina or Arizona, Michigan, Michigan State, uh, wherever. And they were calling me wanting jobs. And I said, nope, I'm not hiring those guys. I'm going to hire my guys. Because their coach, wherever they went to school, they wouldn't hire my guys. So why should I hire them? My guys want to get into coaching. So I hired Hollis, I hired Qantas, I hired Kellen. Um, I had Aaron McGee 
uh, finishing his degree so I could bring him here as a grad assistant. Uh, it just didn't work out for him. But um, I was going to have a staff full of Sooners. All my former players, because they needed a start in this profession. And I said, this is a great opportunity here. It was a startup. You know, uh, uh, when I got to Oklahoma, it was on pause. You know, Billy Tubbs made Oklahoma. It was just on pause. And I just hit the restart button. That's all I did. I hit play. It had already, the greatness, but the greatness of Houston was decades ago. So that right. wasn't on pause. That was on stop. Matter of right. fact, they cut the machine off. Sure, we don't even use that machine anymore. But that was a good thing. I needed to fix something, Barry. Um, I wanted to fix something. I wanted to do it my way. I had, I had a plan for that. But I had no idea um, that the plan would be where it is now. I don't know that I ever thought about that. Of course, um, you know, you, you bring the Cougars to great heights, uh, great success, the Final Four, as we mentioned. And now, lo and behold, in the year 23-24, you're back in the Big 12, um, a rugged league. It was rugged when you were here. It's probably more rugged now. You could tell me one way or the other. But um, what do you think about this first year in the Big 12? Transition year. Next year is going to be a transition year. But what do you think about this first season in the Big 12? Well, when I was in the Big 12 first time, um, I predated. I was in the Big 8. That's right. That's right. So, you know, when people talk about the Big 12, I can tell that they're young because us old guys remember um, um, Danny Knee, Norm Stewart, Tim Floyd, Tom Asbury, Eddie Sutton, Roy Williams, Ricardo Patton, or Tom Harrington. I can't remember which one was there then, one of them. Uh, Ricardo after that for sure. Um, and I'm forgetting somebody. You have to help me out. But I remember those eight coaches. I remember the coaches' meetings. We'd go into coaches' meeting and Sunday uh, or whatever day it was at the Broadmoor in Colorado Springs. And Norm Stewart was always the last one in there. And he'd look around and he'd go grab the house phone and say, um, I want to play the eggs, bacon. Anybody want sausage? Order <laughs> breakfast for, for everybody. Um, and then when we transitioned to the big uh, – 12, it was, it wasn't TCU, it was Texas A&M, right. you know, and, and uh, uh, it's still Nebraska, it's, it's still Missouri and Iowa State. And um, the, I, I think the biggest difference would be uh, middle to bottom. There's no bottom here. There's only a middle. There's a top and a middle. Uh, back when I was there, we had a stretch, seemed like every year somebody was in the final four. Uh it was Oklahoma, it was Kansas, it was Oklahoma State, and it was Texas. Right. The four of us all in a, I think from 2000 to, and I, and I, I can have these years wrong, but it seems like around 2000, 2001 to about 2004 or five, we kept alternating final fours. And um, I think Coach Sutton and Oklahoma State went twice and maybe Kansas went twice. I don't remember, but we went once and Texas went uh, went once. And so I don't think the top of the league has changed much. It was great then. It's great now. But there's no bottom anymore. You know, somebody's got to finish last. But, you know, Oklahoma State just beat BYU. Well, BYU just beat Kansas. Kansas beat UConn. If you want to play that game, well, that's our league. 
You know, it's unfortunate right. that that the, the youngest team in the league is probably going to finish last no matter who it was. Um, and Mike got caught young, so he drew the unlucky straw. But but as he's proven, he he's, his team has improved as the year went on, which is what young teams will do. What do you what are your favorite memories from Lloyd Noble Center and and your twelve years in Norman? The first season I think was my favorite because we were fifteen and zero and I was naive. I, I didn't know I didn't know what I didn't know. I remember I got on the microphone one day and just just probably the dumbest thing I've ever done and told him to one of the referees tripped and they the fans started laughing and that, I didn't like that. And then while I was on the mic, they, they were saying, uh, what was it, was it um, uh, Texas sucks or something. Right. Chan, Texas sucks. And I, and, and this was just ignorant on my part. I didn't know enough. About, I didn't know enough about the, the, uh, uh, the room or the rivalry to not say, I said, quit saying Texas sucks. And two years later, I was, I was leading them in Texas sucks. <laughs> so, oh. so that, I, I remember that that was the very first year. John Underwood actually said something to me about it after the game. He said, he said, coach, you'll learn. <laughs> and he's right. I did. So that wasn't a very smart thing of me to do. Um, yeah. But 15 and 0 that first year with Ryan Miner, John Anches, Ernie Abercrombie, Jason Yanish, James Maiden. Deion Barnes, uh, Prince Fowler, Trip McLean. Um, um, I, I love coaching that team. They didn't know me. I, I didn't know them. I, I appreciated them trying. Calvin Curry. I remember I had a t uh, I kicked them out of practice one day, and we came in upstairs, and you know, old Lloyd Noble was not very good back in the middle nineties. But anyway, we had a room up there with a chalkboard, not a whiteboard. It was a chalkboard, green and you had yellow chalk. And I was writing stuff down on the board and I went around the room and I asked them what I thought that they think their strengths and weaknesses were. When I got to Calvin Curry, he said, my jumper. That's when I knew we were in trouble. And I raced everything everybody said and I wrote Ryan Miner on the board. I said, that's your strength. I said, as soon as you get over yourself and figure out that the way we're going to win is play through Ryan. And I, and Ernie was sitting there nodding. Uh, Anshis was sitting there nodding. A uh, couple of Billy's recruits, I can't uh, remember uh, remember their names. Uh, one of them was a really good player, but he was a freshman. But um, riding Ryan that year, um, coming in on a big Monday, learning that afternoon that Kansas had been ranked number one that afternoon. And and we took that team of at the time nobodies and and beat them, and then this and then the fans stormed the court, and I don't remember it being a problem. Um, <laughs> I do remember I had a hundred and three degree temperature uh, that day, um, and so after the game I just remember throwing up like crazy. But that was a that's good. The ever, that, that's that, the Abercrombie uh, shot, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. The only three yeah. made the only three yeah. made in his career. Right. The only three, but yeah. the uh, most valuable player on that team was John Anches. He was a tough. He was a tough little snot. Ryan Miner was as gifted offensively, and I've had two lottery picks, but neither one of them was uh, the pure scorer that uh, Ryan Miner was. But that the other memory too was we played 
Iowa State at Iowa State on on Fred Hoiberg's senior night. Ninety five, yeah. And I remember walking out on the court, and the referees were crying, <laughs> and they were, and, and it was like the Coliseum in Rome. They were lobbing roses from the upper deck at Hilton Coliseum, and I go, "We're screwed. We got no chance." You know, forget the roses. One of the referees is crying. He's literally got tears running down. I'm looking at him going, hmm, this ain't good. But James Maiden, I think, went six for seven. Ryan was Ryan. Anches had no turnovers. And we beat Iowa State at Iowa State on the senior night. Um, uh, winning the last game ever, ever at Old Gallagher-Iba. Uh, th yeah. Those are all great memories. Um, um, the rivalry. Um all the games I've coached over the years, none of them, none of them have come close to the Oklahoma State, the Cowboys Sooner games at Old Gallagher Iba and, and Lloyd Noble, um, and I think all those games helped me personally become a better coach because you know, over on the other sidelines, a Hall of Famer, uh, Eddie Sutton. You got Roy Williams at Kansas. Uh, Norm Stewart was a hell of a coach at Missouri. I think I was 37 when I was hired. So, um, you know, it was just a great time for a young guy to grow up and uh, earn his stripes. I mean, you feel like that's what you have to do, earn your stripes. Um, Oklahoma fans, I thought, were always great. Uh, I don't ever, 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 ever uh, focus on a vocal minority, and neither should anybody else. You know, I base, I base my time and, and Norman on the experiences I had, um, um, so many dear friends, dear friends gone. Um, but you know, you get older, you know, I'm, uh, I'll be 69 years old my birthday. So I'm an old guy now. So, um, but you know, as you get older, you, you appreciate, uh, the memories. And I certainly have a lot of great ones in Oklahoma. Of course, you, uh, you've had a glorious career. You've coached at two really good programs, Oklahoma and Houston, taking both to the Final Four. Uh, Eddie Sutton coached at two really good programs. Arkansas, Oklahoma State took them to the Final Four. But Eddie went to a blue blood, Kentucky, and it didn't go all that great. You went to a blue blood, Indiana, it didn't go all that great. So you've, you've, the parallels of your careers have always fascinated me. Uh, I certainly understand. I think everybody does why you would go to an Indiana, but why do you think it didn't work out? Um, um, I've never really talked about that, Barry, and I'd rather not. Okay, that's fine. Um, what I've what I found with your career though is the most impressive thing is you go to a place I thought was foreign territory for Kelvin Sampson. Last place on earth I thought Kelvin Sampson would go is the NBA. Um, you go to the NBA, become a valued assistant coach, interviewed for some head coaching jobs, and I thought, what is the world coming to? Um, Kelvin Sampson as an NBA coach. Tell me what you learned in the NBA, why you enjoyed it, and why you ultimately decided to say, no, I'm going to go back to the college the college track. Yeah. Well, I will say this. I, I got fired at about 11 o'clock in the morning. At uh, That afternoon, I got a call from Greg Popovich. So I was unemployed, didn't have a job. Um, and then um, uh, 
my phone rings and it's Greg Popovich. He has some choice words to say about the situation. He said, um, um, you're one of my dear friends. Uh, R.C. Buford is sitting here and we want to hire you. He said, uh, the only thing is you got to figure out what your title is. Um, I said, well, how about coach? He said, well, you can't coach on the floor because that's full, but we want to hire you. Um, how about consultant? I said, it works for me. So I had to, I think that was on a Friday. <clears throat> um, I'm flying to San Antonio. I'd, I had to go to Atlanta and uh, meet with some people. And so on that Tuesday, I fly to San Antonio, uh, go down to baggage claim, pops down there waiting for me, um, jump in his car. We drive to the San Antonio Spurs practice facility. He said, oh, by the way, we're, we got a game tonight. He said, um, Mike, Mike's doing the scout. I didn't know who Mike was. It was Mike Budenhauser. Um, and so I walk in. He said, just, you know, here's where your office will be. Equipment guy's going to get you your gear. Boom, boom, boom. She gave me about six or seven. You know, my head's spinning. I don't know whether I'm on foot or horseback. And um, But I was mesmerized within 30 seconds because they were already doing the scout. Um, the point guard was Tony Parker. The two was um, uh, Ginobili. The three was Bruce Bowen. Uh, the four was... I can't remember now, but uh, Tim then had Fabricio Alberto and a and, uh, bunch of guys like that. M.A. Udoka was on that team. Damon Stoudemire, uh, Kurt Thomas, a bunch of veteran guys. But the dialogue and, and, and the, uh, the back and forth between the assistant coaches and the players on how they were going to guard separate actions – I couldn't believe it. And then all of a sudden I forgot where I was. I felt like I was at a clinic and I was just sitting there listening to people talk about something that really interested me. Uh, but I didn't, I, I felt like I knew it, but I didn't. Um, and that, that when I got back to my hotel room that night, Barry, my, my, my journey began. Um, I got a, um, one of those yellow legal pads, you know, those things you can just flip over. Uh, they gave me one of those and I took it back to my room and every night I would write something down that I learned. And the more I wrote, the more, the more I realized what I didn't know. And then it didn't take me long to realize why college coaches never succeeded in the NBA. We're not qualified. I was not qualified to be a head coach in the NBA. So I, I felt like the good Lord blessed me. You know, Karen always, Karen would always say, you know, when he, um, closes the door, he opens a window. So the NBA was my window. And, and, I, and I wanted to totally immerse myself into it and, and get good at it. But I felt like I had to learn. And, and I just humbled myself. Um, um, you got to throw your ego out, ego out the door and realize that this is an opportunity uh, to get better. And so I just fell in love with that legal pad. Um, I'm going to find it one of these days. It's about this size. This is my, my, play, my coach's post-game evaluations. So they have to do a post-game evaluation and give it to me, and then we go over it. But um, 
that that's kind of what it was. It was just an evaluation, post-practice evaluation. What did I learn today? And I tried not to, to duplicate uh, actions or different things. Like Brett Brown, when he, he had to scout, after the game, I realized we had a back-to-back. So I, get to, I go from baggage claim to uh, uh, practice today. Uh, this, not, that night we're playing the Pacers. And oh, by the way, when the game's over, we got to go get on a plane and fly to Phoenix because we're playing the Suns the next night. So now I'm now all of a sudden my head's spinning, now my body's spinning. And the first thing that happened, and I'll never forget this, Barry, uh, we walk into the, uh, I walk into my room, um, you know, players all come by, and I'd known Tim Duncan because I coached him on a USA team. Michael Finley, I'd known Michael. Um, but and this is the weirdest thing, and I asked him about this later, and you, you can ask him if you ever interview him. Um, when I walked into the hotel room, my phone was ringing. I'm assuming it was the front desk or concierge just asking, is your room okay? They'll do that occasionally. But it was Charles Barkley. Um, I pick up the phone and um, he goes, Kelvin? I said, yeah. He said, Charles Barkley. And then he he just said, I want to welcome you to the NBA. He talked about the prior experience, uh, his opinion of it, and I appreciated it. Um, but that made me feel so good. Um you know, you're, you're, you're an outsider. I really wasn't an outsider. I was a no-sider. I was nowhere. I was neither in or out of anything. You know, I was just kind of blowing into wind at that point. Um, but that, that really meant a lot. And then, um, you know, all the NBA people just went out of their way to welcome me. And, and, uh, um, and But, you know, you always look back at, you know, angels. You know, I had two. Uh, one was um, Pop and the other was Scott Skiles. So Pop was going to hire me full-time in San Antonio, but Scott had gotten fired with the Chicago Bulls, and he and I were Judd Heathcote guys. In Judd's book, he's, he wrote that most people assumed that his favorite player ever was Magic, but it wasn't. It was Scott Skiles, who, by the way, has the single-game all-time assist record in the NBA of 32. Um but Scott said, hey, I'm either going to take the Milwaukee Bucks job or the New York Knicks job, and whichever one I take, I want you to go with me. And um, and so um, I talked to Pop about that. Mark Jackson had now called me. Um, he thought he might get the New York job, and if he did. So I had so many – I had a bunch of opportunities. Um, Donnie Walsh called me about something, about this. or so. But I wanted to go and learn from Scott. And Pop thought that would be awesome because he respected Scott a lot. So I think the guy that impacted me the most, helped me the most was Pop. The guy that impacted me the most was Scott. Scott was a brilliant tactician, uh, basketball savant. Um, I thought I knew a lot about basketball and realized I didn't. Um, but I, the, the NBA really helped me open my eyes to things that uh, I hadn't seen. You know, when you're successful at something, you tend to, Stay with what you're successful at, you know, and you, you don't realize that change. But I, I didn't know I didn't know enough to know what I didn't know. Um, and so going to the NBA really helped me. And the thing I like most about it, Barry, is I'm able to share it with Kellen and Hollis, Qantas, Casey Beard, Anthony Goldwire. 
because I, I want to give all the knowledge that I've learned uh, to them. So when they start their head coaching careers, they can they can be in a much different place and a better place than when I started. Well, it's been quite a journey, been successful every step of the way, Kelvin. And uh, the memories you provided, your Sooners provided uh, in the state of Oklahoma will last as long as people remember basketball. And the good news is you've not gone anywhere. You're coming back on Saturday night for a showdown. It's going to be fun. Uh, are you looking forward? I know you told us, hey, you know, I'm focused on the games, the grind, all that. But what do you, when you walk down that, that, that tunnel in Lloyd Noble and walk onto the court, how do you expect to be received and how do you hope to be received? Honestly, I don't really care about that. Uh, uh, what I, what I was thinking about was, um, I got, um, probably the last two or three years, um, I'd always get a text from Toby, Keith, Toby was, uh, sooner, you know, but he still kept his friends. And when we would start, we were winning, you know, the year we beat Illinois, uh, then we turn around and beat Arizona and we were getting ready to play Villanova. Toby was Toby was all over those games. And so I probably think about Toby a little bit, not being there. Um, um, how you'll be received, I think, will be trumped by uh, Kyle Leischer, Gary Purcell, <clears throat> um, you know, people like that not being there, um, their, their friendship, their families, stuff like that. I, I think that's probably uh, more in my mindset, Barry. People will say and do, uh, the people that cheer and have good memories, I thank them, and uh, I had them too. And the people that didn't, uh, uh, hopefully you had good memories of uh, Kellen, Hollis, and Qantas. Well, I can tell you, Kelvin, you, you've always been a joy to work with and uh, brought uh, fans, media, anybody that likes college basketball, a lot of thrills. I thank you for, for your cooperation. And uh, I can speak for much of Oklahoma, and I hope all of Oklahoma that, hey, uh, solidly in the Houston Cougar camp as you, uh, <laughs> as you mark to what it, watch is hopefully a Final Four. So congratulations and uh, welcome back on Saturday night. Thank you, Barry. I really appreciate you having me on. Thanks a lot. That's all the time we've got this week. We have all sorts of college basketball content at selloutcrowd.com, and you can find our columns, videos, and podcasts there as well at barrytrammell.com. And if you want our content at your fingertips, we've got you covered. We have a new app. It's available for iPhone and Android. Download it today. If this happens to be your first time hearing or watching us, be sure to subscribe to our show on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. If you like what you hear, please leave a review. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week.